We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Hey! What what happened? I literally wasn't even looking at you. I was looking at my drink. Hey! We're weird. You guys, welcome to Hot Drinks. Oh, are you going to call me baby now? Uh, I'm just drunk because I've had three sips of peanut butter whiskey. Oh, peanut butter whiskey. I feel all tingly in the face. You know how... um, uh, you know how when you talked about wine last week, there you've you said there was I think it was apothic red that people have like left on your doorstep before. Oh yeah, uh, I have had people leave peanut butter whiskey on my doorstep before. <gasps> one person actually. <laughs> so shout out to that one person. You know who you are. Amazing. Um, but if anyone else wants to leave peanut butter whiskey on my doorstep, please do. Yeah, I have. I've been saving. You guys, welcome to Hot Drinks. This is a podcast. It is. You listen to it. Um, and we're your hosts. My name is Jack Coffee. It I'm, sounds like jacking off. <laughs> I'm Latter Day Twain. It sounds like taint. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, anyway, I've been saving bottles of Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey because, like, the empty bottles because I want to. You know how have you seen when people like make a glass, like a drinking glass, out of a bottle? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, and it involves, like, I haven't done a lot of research, but you have to, like, wrap it in a string, and then you burn the string, and then you dip it in cold water, and it cracks the glass <laughs> in a certain spot. Anyway, I don't I know something. I love all that stuff. But if I made them, they would say screw along the side, S-K-R-E-W, and they would be beautiful because it comes in a beautiful bottle. Oh, my God. So they're just sitting in my garage till I feel crafty. I love it. Okay. So that's, uh, that's the podcast for this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like and subscribe. Join the Patreon. Yeah, all that stuff. Speaking of the Patreon, yes. you guys should join the Patreon. You guys, I... Okay, I don't know about you, Brother Jack Coffee. Uh-huh. I've been having so much fun with the new format. Of the Patreon? Yeah. With what? Um, With how we have changed the benefits. Oh, the rewards? Yes. Yeah. I love doing my little monthly ministering thing. So far, they've all been blog posts. Yes. Because um, you're a writer at heart. You <laughs> I, are. I really am. I used to be a writer. I know. I used to be a lot of things. You used s- to have hope. You. <laughs> Enjoy. Stop. Don't anymore. <laughs> um, uh, and um, it's super fun to just kind of like rehash uh, basic Mormonism, leaving Mormonism 101 yeah. things. That's yeah. been fun. Yeah. I think we're so. Still- Far removed from it. And uh, there are people out there who really are leaving it and don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So let me just give a little kind of a, <clears throat> a mini recap. I know you guys have heard all this before. But we, yeah, we we changed the Patreon rewards a couple of months ago. We actually just updated them this month, a couple of them. So I'm not going to go through every single tier. But basically, the way Patreon works is you can subscribe. You send us a little money each month and you get special rewards. Those rewards include... Some two bonus episodes every month called Demitas. Mm-hmm. And these are all based on what tier you subscribe to. Yeah. There's also <laughs> a tier where you also receive, like Sister Twain was saying, our we're doing a podcast series called Twain and Coffee's Guide to Leaving Mormonism. So we've talked about coffee, we've talked about alcohol, mm-hmm. we've talked about just our leaving the church stories. Um, there is there's another tier where you get a monthly ministering visit from each of us. Like mm-hmm. it's like our, your home teacher or visiting, visiting teaching teacher visit. message. Mine this month was a was a playlist. That I don't think anyone's listened I'm to. I'm so excited to listen to it. It's a little wacky. 
Oh, it's good. a well, it's a Halloween themed playlist. So it's kind of like songs that are kind of spooky or that have kind of Halloween themes to listen to during the month of October because there's not like Halloween hymns or <laughs> spiritual songs. <laughs> but I, but it's delightful. Uh, I think uh-huh. it's great. Yes. Um, and then there is a tier where you can get another top. Well, our second to top tier, you get when this is new this month, we're going to do a, um, a tarot reading for the month. Right. So we should probably do that soon yes. to kind of give people guidance for October. Yes. Great idea. So anyway, so join the Patreon. <laughs> you just go to patreon.com slash hot drinks. It's, you can, you can join for as little a dollar for a dollar a month. Uh-huh. We don't give you shit for a dollar a month because <laughs> seriously, get over yourself. Fuck off. But $3 a month, you start getting bonus episodes. $3 a month, you guys. Bonus. That's easy. And then you get bonus episodes. And you get at least two. That's yeah. That's the minimum. The minimum we do is two. And yeah. so far, that's all we've done it. Is yeah, the it's the two. Yeah, anyway. but listen, it's it's a lot of fun, and really, truthfully, even if you don't care about those benefits, but you have a little extra money, it helps us a ton because th- we take time out of our weeks to do this, and it's tricky. And we both work multiple jobs. You started a new job today. We don't need to talk about that, but um, we. Oh, that's <laughs> but, dumb. But we. Yeah, so it's it helps us when we take time out of our schedule that we can make a little money doing it. So anyway, and we appreciate all the people that have subscribed and sent nice messages. I'm so. sure everyone wants to know the job you're talking about. I just started an OnlyFans. <gasps> I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm fine okay, talking great. about it. So you started an OnlyFans. And... You can pay money. You can. If you want to know what it is... Uh, Ask you, your kids. You can. Ask <laughs> your kids. Say, what's an OnlyFans? Email us at... Uh, our email at uh, hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. Oh, if they want to know the name of the your OnlyFans. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then if you follow us or myself on Instagram or Twitter, you can ask us on there too. And I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. I'm You're just not, not like yeah. broadcasting right, it right. in a broad sense. Are you? Sh- can I ask questions about the OnlyFans? Of course. Are you showing your face? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. That's all I wanted to know. <laughs> I am not a subscriber. <laughs> no, and it's fine. Nor should I be. I don't no. want you to. No, we Get just, away. we love <clears throat> each other dearly and we love our other friends dearly. Yeah. I mean, but I do want to see some of our friends naked. Yeah. I don't want to see you naked. No offense. Not, I'm not sure you look taken. amazing. No taken. That vagina is tight like unto a dish. <laughs> but I don't want to see it. You could survive a global flood. With, inside your vagina? Yes. <laughs> inside your vulva? And maybe even a global pandemic that touches all four corners of the... <laughs> because it's so tight that not even the microns of the COVID <laughs> the virus microns. could get through. It's like its own mask. Your vulva's its own mask. So this week... Your vagina is its own mask because the vagina is the passageway. Anyway. Right. Anyway. Well, maybe the labia, but okay. These are This is women's work, what we're doing right now, which is just kind of our housekeeping, it's, just where we clean things up. And, right, and, and women should only be doing yeah, that. Yeah, put out, a, put out a, a plate of snacks for the men folk. That's and what we're doing out. right now. And put out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, we also wanted to talk about... Oh, okay. Okay. I had a first this weekend. Okay. The first time you started an OnlyFans. <laughs> well, oh, well, I guess I've had two firsts this yes. weekend. The second first uh-huh. is for the first time. In forever. That's for the line. first yeah. time. Yeah, anyway, go How ahead. Does I'm it... sorry. Okay. You don't know. <clears throat> I did not give a shit about any 
General Conference. <gasps> Me <crap>. too. <gasps> Me too. What? It feels like so much growth, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels so good. Okay. Adam and Eve, when I interviewed them, Adam's question for me in the five questions uh-huh. was, do you ever feel like you'll get to a point in your life where you just won't think about the Mormon church, think about being ex-Mormon, that kind of thing? After today, this weekend, this conference weekend, and not caring, like not caring at all, uh-huh. I think that might be a thing someday. That's great. I can't say I didn't care at all. I cared a little bit. But I think, I think for me, the reason that I was able to not care is I don't, as far as I know, because I really don't know what they talked about, they right. didn't say anything super offensive to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. They probably had a talk called, like, We Hate Fags, where they just talked about how much they hate <laughs> fags. But, like, nothing new. You right. know, so right. that made it easier for me to care. The only thing that I kind of heard about, and I don't want to talk about it ad nauseum. Sure. Because part of it is I have done such a great job of muting everything on my, um, on in, on Twitter, so nothing pops up about conference, uh-huh. even from people I follow. <coughs> um, but uh, the one thing that kind of made it through all my filters was a couple of black members of the church talking about a talk that Elder Nelson, Elder Bigot, Elder Oaks—I can't remember—one uh-huh. of those three gave. <coughs> Where he just talked about race and whatever, and he just he he essentially said we need to root out racism in all its forms, yeah. and that was kind of from what I could gather, that was kind of it. Yeah. So there wasn't like here are some practical things that you can do, brothers and sisters, to root out racism in your lives. Right. Here are some things that we are going to do as an institution of the church to apologize for our racist past, Number or one. apologize for you know the <clears throat> things we have taught that are racist, or to make amends to the black saints that we have harmed, you know, so there was none of that. It was right. just like, everybody root out racism. Yeah. And that was kind of the message. Right. So right. that's literally the only thing I heard. The only thing I heard about what they talked about. Right. But it feels kind of great. It felt great. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say like, I, I want to acknowledge that there are those of you out there listening. It's still very painful and triggering, yeah. even if you don't listen. Yeah. Um, or if you're forced to listen, you know, like if you're in sure. a, if you're in a relationship <clears throat> where maybe your partner is still listening or, you know, my sister even said today that she went to my mom's for something like something totally unrelated. But then when she walked in, realized conference was happening and was like, no shit. Yeah. Because yeah. You know, like just kind of had to hear parts of it and stuff. So, yeah. So I think a lot of, for a lot of people that are kind of on their way out of the church, you're, you're listening inadvertently because it's around you with the people you're around. And that can be really tricky. For sure. Oh yeah. On your feed. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so, uh, I didn't expect that I, this day would ever come. Uh, I, I just, it just kind of happened. So anyway, there's that. It feels great. I finished the series that I mentioned, the the Netflix German, the Netflix series. Dark. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's a Netflix. Anyway, it's called Dark, and it's on Netflix, and it's German. Right. I finished it. It's just three seasons. Right. And um, each season has about eight episodes. People in other countries, especially in Europe, mm-hmm. they know how to do shows. I know. Right? They're just better than it. Well, here's the thing. I think now... <clears throat> In America, we're to the point, like, I literally don't know what shows are on network TV anymore. Oh, yeah. I watch some, I'm sure I watch some network TV shows because they appear on Hulu or other things. But I think we've moved past the days of, like, 
23 episodes of a show in a season, you know? For 10 seasons. For 10 seasons, yeah, where you just can't tell any more stories. So everyone can make money. And and so many other cases, um, like... Um, the British version of The Office, yeah. like Dark, the it's show just that I'm a, talking about. It's a concise story. They tell story. the story, yeah. and they end it when it needs to end. Yeah. yeah. Which is what happened with The Leftovers, I think. Because it was yeah. just three seasons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, also I watched, also on Netflix, Netflix. Netflix, like the gays say. <laughs> uh, the Devil All the Time. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, so it's <clears throat> the Skarsgård kid who was... Pennywise uh-huh. in the It reboot. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, who plays a fucking creep. Is that the one where, the meme where he's in, like, the tracksuit? No, no, oh, no. Okay, I don't know what that's It's from. set in the 50s, 60s, 60s. Oh. Uh, so Bill Skarsgård is in it. Tom Holland. <gasps> I fucking love him. Is in it. Oh, yeah, he, I've heard of this. He's is kind it of good? a central character. So here's my, here's my, uh... My th- my concise thing about it. Oh, also, the daughter of Lisa Marie Presley, meaning the granddaughter of Elvis Presley, is in it. Wow, no one cares about her. <laughs> it's just kind of like a coffee table trivia fact. Okay. Um, <clears throat> How was it? I thought it was interesting. Okay. But there weren't any characters that I cared about. Like okay. the central character okay. being Tom Holland's character. Right. They didn't set it up so that we care about him and his storyline. Okay. It was very extremely plot driven. Uh huh. With very little connectivity. Okay, great. So anyway. Anyway, what else is on your women's work? Are we done with women's work? Uh, uh, um. Bam. Uh, bam. I'm drinking peanut butter whiskey. You, well, you already said that. It's oh, called yeah. Screwball because I'm going to make a glass <laughs> oh, out, of that's the, right. out of the bottles that says screw on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to introduce I, our topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if you think of anything else. <laughs> okay. So we will share this. So our topic comes from a video that we saw. Right, which is three years old. I know. Yeah. But And we'll post the video. Will you post the video on our Instagram? You're in charge of that. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Okay. <laughs> so it's a video from General Conference three years ago, and it is someone who's in the general presidency of the relief side or the primary or something. Who knows? Who knows? And she tells a story about a woman named Mary who had 10 children oh. and who was a stalwart member of the church, except she liked to drink her coffee. And well, she said she had ten children and was trekking across the country to get to Utah, right? And needed to drink coffee to take care of her kids and survive right. the fucking trek, right? And she said, "God's not going to keep me out of heaven for one little cup of coffee." Yeah. And anyway, then this sister goes on to begin sobbing, weeping, talking about how some of Mary's children. Oh, and so Mary was never able to get a temple recommend, recommend. because she <clears throat> never, she never. She never could say she obeyed the word of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, um, she wasn't able to get a temple recommend. And she was, um, you know, and some of her kids, some of her 10 kids would drink coffee with her. And so then they grew up and couldn't get a temple recommend. (laughs) And then this sister weeping says, you know, and now here we are four generations later. And hundreds of this woman's progeny do not know the blessings of the gospel. Of the, yeah. All for a little cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's she been... sobbing. Yeah, just openly weeping. It's been floating around, um, 
you know, the post-Mormon sphere because everyone's like, Jesus Christ, it's a cup of coffee. Uh Like, this is a little ridiculous. Right. Um, So so we're going to talk about things that make us cry. (laughs) Because that coffee made that woman cry. I do want to share one thing that I noticed. Well, first of all, there's so many things problematic with it. So many. One of them being that, of course, it's the mother's fault if her children leave the church, which is something that the church teaches, which is why my mother lives in stress and agony every day of her life because so many of her kids have left the church. Right. Which is why your mother, who's probably listening right now, lives in agony because you've left the church. (laughs) She may or may not. I don't know. So, um, so here's a, here's a little, a fun little twist. So someone replied to the video and said, okay, so Mary couldn't get a temple recommend because she drank coffee. She rode in a wagon, we know, and she lived five generations ago, okay? So, like, you can do a little time frame there thinking about, okay, when did Mary actually live? Mm -hmm. Because this story only works if Mary lived a long time ago because she's had ten kids and those ten kids had ten kids. So now Mary has, like thousands of descendants who have left the church yeah Yeah. so what they what this person pointed out was abstaining from the word of wisdom wasn't even a really a requirement for temple attendance until 1921 Mm -hmm. and even then it wasn't really strictly enforced and that when the pioneers were asked to come to utah one of the required items for each wagon was a bag of coffee (laughs) so if mary was born in 1847 when the mormons crossed the plains so, like, this means she would have been crossing the plains, like, as a baby. Um, she would have been 74 years old when the when the church actually stopped, started telling people not to drink coffee. So, basically, this story is false. It's and a lie. Yeah. So, this story is a lie. Yeah. Um, so, this woman was crying about a lie. Bitch. Anyway. <laughs> Isn't that why Paul H. Dunn was, like, released from his calling as a general authority? Because he was making shit up. I I mean who yeah probably oh, who yeah. knows yeah who knows because and he got like caught. all it all that matters is you have an object lesson well, wasn't Thomas Monson doing that for a while they found out a bunch of his stories were fake I don't know anyway don't so get me started with that guy this lady cried about some coffee and here's some things that we cried about after the break after the break. Hey, dum-dums, we're back. <laughs> I love it when you say that. Hey, dum-dums. <laughs> That's what I'll, I call my cats. Uh, been listening to, really quick, I think I said this, Miley Cyrus's stuff that oh, she... Goddamn. So Midnight Sky is really good. It came out this year, but mm-hmm. last year she released like five songs. Uh-huh. And at the end of one, she goes, swish, swish, motherfucker. I love her. Just like that. I love her so much. So that's okay. You know what else she released? A song with Dolly Parton on Dolly's Christmas album. Of course she did. Called a Holly Dolly Christmas. Because that's like her mammal. It's the, it's like, you guys, I love Dolly Parton so much and I will listen to this Christmas album one million times. And I listened to it the morning after Trump got COVID because I was going down a very deep spiral. I just was, I was like reading every conspiracy theory and what if this happens and what if he infected Biden and what if Biden dies and what, yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to listen to Dolly. So that's what I did. It is the worst album. (laughs) So bad. I mean, it has a couple of good songs, but a lot of the songs, there are just some real folksy charmers in there where Dolly's like, I gotta wish you a holly dolly Christmas. And does that little Dolly laugh. Anyway, it's terrible. But I will listen to it one million times. Like she's become Mickey Mouse? A little bit. Yeah, anyway. All right. Okay. 
<coughs> so what's the number one thing that's irrational that you cry about? Well. And we don't want to put a time frame on this. This could be things you cried about in the past. This could be things you're crying about as you're listening to this episode. Like right now. Right right now. <clears throat> the first one that came to my thoughts was an incident that involved an Annie Williams Christmas album. Okay. Who's Annie Williams? Oh my God. I have my iPad open today, so Do I'm going to look Do you know how many, like, what the fucks we're going to get in the reaction? I know, that? but you guys, I don't know <laughs> music. I've said this a million times. Andy Williams. Oh, Andy Williams. Yeah, what did you think? I said Annie Williams. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I know who Andy Williams oh, is. Okay, 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 we're fine. So he has a Christmas album that's, it's red, and uh-huh. it's got his face on it. Uh-huh. And it's like in the 60s, so he's got his regular brown hair. Right. Um. <clears throat> And it's just called uh, Andy Williams' Christmas Album. But anyway, the key is that it's red. Okay. Okay. Because there's a lot of albums out there and a lot of compilations that have been made. There it is. I pulled it up on my iPad. The Andy Williams' Christmas Album. From 1963. This was the Christmas album I grew up on. So not just the songs on here, but the actual versions of these songs. Right, 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 right. (coughs) Excuse me. Are Christmas for me. You know how that works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, (coughs) it was like 2000 and the year 2000. Right. And (coughs) I think think people figured that. (laughs) And this was before streaming services like Spotify. Uh huh. Um, and it was post the days of having a record player. Okay. That's come back now, but yeah. back then it was not a back. It right. was not back in the in the zeitgeist. <clears throat> and so whenever anyone, like say Walmart or Target, put their Christmas music out mm-hmm. for the season, I would always rifle through to see if I could find the red Andy Williams Christmas album. Okay. And sometimes I'd find this one that was green. Right, that some, came out two years later. It it's called other, Merry Christmas. It had yeah. some other yeah. Christmas songs I on it. I just read about it. Oh, uh-huh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it really did. Keep talking, I'll show you. Anyways, and <clears throat> one year I found the cassette. And in 2000, we still had boom boxes that you could play a CD or a cassette. 1965, Merry Christmas by Andy Williams. God damn, you're good. But it's good. got other songs. Yeah, it's not right. Little Altar Boy. Yeah, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That's not right. So anyways, um, and I was so excited. Listened to it ad nauseum. Uh-huh. And I had two little girls at the time. Okay. Two toddlers. Right. I don't know if you guys know this, but Lil Twaint and my daughter who lives in Brooklyn. I used know to I'm, be toddlers. It, they used to be toddlers. I don't know if you know that. They're only 17 months apart. Oh, God. I know. What the fuck? So anyway, one day when their dad was off at work or whatever the fuck he was doing. Um, Thinking about boys. <laughs> um, I put them in front of the TV, laid down on the couch in the same room as the TV, and just crashed. Uh-huh. I could not keep my eyes open. Yeah. I woke up to... My cassette of Andy Williams' Christmas album completely destroyed. Oh. Like, all pulled out, and I sobbed. I sobbed. Yeah. As if a a pet had died. Right. And I remember having a therapy appointment that coming week. (laughs) 
and explaining to my therapist, like, what's wrong with me? I cried about this. Right, right. What'd your therapist say? Um, she uh, nodded mm-hmm. and listened and mm-hmm. acted like she didn't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> she was like, you've so, gone too far. Yeah. Anyway, what's your number one? So my number one is a musical called The Prom. Have I talked? I swear I've talked about this on the show before. Maybe you have. You guys, I don't remember. I feel like all I'm doing on this podcast now is telling stories I've told before. My Jack and my Emma, Mm -hmm. my Brooklyn Childs, both love that musical. Okay, so it came out, I think it was on Broadway a couple of years ago. It has since closed, but it's, and, and now it is being made into a movie on Netflix by Ryan Murphy. With Anna Kendrick. With Anna Kendrick and... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What, is it really? Oh, I don't know. Oh, but I- it has everyone in it. <laughs> it has like James Corden's in it. Um, Meryl Streep's in it. So it has like a big cast. So okay. yeah, maybe it has Anna Kendrick. Uh-huh. Although actually there's not really a part for her now that I think about it. Anyway. Oh. It's the story of a... <laughs> Sorry, I was readjusting. Is, is that the one that has the song... 17. No. Oh, that's something else. Okay, great. So anyway, it's a story of a it's the story of a girl in a small town who wants to take another girl to prom. Sounds like someone I know that I do a podcast with. Me? I'm just kidding. (laughs) The girl, the one girl's out, the other girl's not, and and the school says no. And then there is a a Broadway company performing a musical called Eleanor about Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh Oh, uh uh-oh. And they hear about it, and so they kind of come to this small town to like bring attention to this story and like whatever anyway it's very funny like the songs are very very funny but there is there is a song in it called unruly heart which is sort of this song about it's this song about like queer love which is lovely Mm. and then at the very end so anyway what ends up happening in the musical spoilers Mm. for the movie is Mm -hmm. that they hold an alternative prom and they invite queer kids from all over the state to come to come to a prom and so there is um the final musical number is them singing at the prom and they're saying you know they're saying build a prom for everyone and you know they bring all the all the kids come and there's a line where they call back to that unruly heart song and they say um well now i can't remember what they say but they (laughs) they say like so that you basically like the idea is you can just dance with whoever your unruly heart wants to dance with. And it makes me cry every time I listen every to it. Every time? Maybe not every time, but most times. Most times? It's real cute. Oh, wow. We just want to dance with who our unruly heart loves. I want to dance with somebody. It's not part of the musical, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, so I cry oh, at a lot of Broadway musicals. Yeah. But I do cry at that one. Because you have so much pain. Because I don't, yeah. I actually pain. do. I mean, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I have a lot of pain about high school. Oh. Yeah. Hold up. Change of topic. We are now Doing switching the theme five. of the... No, road. I don't... Well, here's what I'll say. Oh, my God. I had a really good high school experience. Like, I had fun and I had friends and I wasn't bullied or anything like that. But when I see movies or shows about kids in high school, and especially now that we're starting to get, we're starting to get some queer stories about kids in high school... It breaks me wide open when I watch those because I just think, what would have that been like to be a high school kid and get to like flirt and fall in love and go to a dance with someone that I had a crush on and or have a crush on someone, you know, because I didn't have any of those experiences. I mean, I had people that I had crushes on, but I was like, but I couldn't acknowledge those crushes. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. So anyway. So 
I don't want to go off the rails and sure. get onto this topic too much. Sure. We'll do a demo. But I must it. ask. Yeah. What you just said, watching those queer high school shows in the media, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. format, and it breaks you, and then explaining, you know, I, there's no way in my high school that I could have experienced right. that. With every day, like, a, what if someone finds out today or figures it out? Or um, what if I look someone uh, someone that I like the wrong way and they go, oh, my God, you're a big old fag. I, I think high school was a little... Yes, there was definitely that undertone for much of high school. But high school was also when I thought that I could change it. Like, it wasn't until I was probably, like, a young adult, like, maybe 18, 19, 20, where I, where I recognized, like... <clears throat> oh, this is just who I am. And now I have to build the strategy to like never tell anybody. But I think when I was in high school, I believed that um, that I could fix it. Like I believed that if I, you know, was righteous enough or worthy enough that I could make it go away. So yeah, there was definitely like a fear of like people finding out, but there was also more of a fear and a guilt of like, well, the reason I can't make this go away is because I'm not righteous enough. Like, Fuck. I don't, I'm not, and this actually will come up in one of my later oh, top five. Super. But, you know, where I'm not reading my scriptures enough <clears throat> or I'm not doing this enough. Like, I always thought if there's just that one thing that I do enough, that it will, that I'll break through and then I won't, I'll be able to fix this. Fuck, so, you know, Jesus Christ. So that was my high school. Cool. Cool, cool. Anyway, um, should we do number two? Number two. God. How do I follow that performance? <laughs> I hope it's something really dumb, like <laughs> Sour Patch Kids make you cry. Uh, almost. Um, when I was a little girl in Louisiana, <laughs> <laughs> there was maybe a window of time of maybe a month during the winter where it was even somewhat reasonable to hope for snow. Yeah. And I was in northern Louisiana. If it was southern Louisiana, we wouldn't even have gone there. That's where your Mima lived. <laughs> no, she lived in the north. <laughs> um, and there was maybe one year of the four years that, four and a half years that, that I was there as a little girl. Uh huh. <clears throat> um, where we didn't get at least a dusting of snow. Right. Um, and when it snowed, if someone saw flakes in the air, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even flurries. It's just like a lone right. flake. The town shuts down. Okay. School gets canceled. Right. My mima called those dandruff of an alligator. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know. That's I don't amazing. Know. Wait, <laughs> way to go using your college degree. Thanks. Um, anyways. <laughs> Kids, there's dandruff of an alligator outside. <laughs> oh my God. That's like. Feels too literal. Oh my god! Anyway, I'm in a workshop that. And (laughs) so, anyways, um, but it was magical. Yeah. Before that, I don't. I didn't have snow memories because before the years before, so I was born in Louisiana, and then we moved to East Texas for a while. We're not getting any snow in Houston Mm -hmm. and Corpus Christi, and so then Northern Louisiana, there was always a glimmer of hope. Winter and Christmas was such a magical time for me. It was a time where I gave myself permission to put aside a lot of shit, which was dysfunctional family dynamics, 
the fact that we were living in poverty. This poverty line stuff, you know, whatever, we were hungry a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I could put all that aside and I would get the TV guide and I would, for December, or I guess they're weekly, but anyway, anytime they came, and I would go through and find every single time and station that It's a Wonderful Life was playing on <laughs> and watch it every time. I've never watched that movie. Oh my God. I know. And then when the last time came around that it would air, mm-hmm. usually around New Year's Eve. Okay. I would cry myself to sleep because I wouldn't get to see it again. That's so sad. I mean, we could have recorded it on the VHS or, but it was more but like, like we it's didn't an do end. that then. Yeah. It was an end of, of a season yeah. moment. Yeah. But to couple that with waking up almost every morning from of December, hoping for snow, when logic should have told me, was probably not going to get it. Yeah. 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 And and sometimes crying. Wow. Yeah. Michael McLean wrote a song about that, you know, in the Forgotten Carols. Don't get me started with him. Called, I Cry the Day I Take the Christmas Tree Down. <laughs> I cry oh God, the day that... Oh, I know. Every <laughs> lyric to every Forgotten Carol. That I take the tree down. Oh my I God. could sing <clears throat> the whole album from start to finish. I could tell you when the violins come in, like... I know them all. When the violence. Homeless. Homeless. I I got them all. Anyway. Homeless? Yeah, there's a song about being homeless. Like the Christ child was. I think it was to give the shows a little street cred. Because I'm sure the homeless people were black people, you know, when they did the play. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because that song's a little bit more. That song has a little bit more soul to it, you know? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway. Oh, wow. 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 (laughs) So I realized I kind of gave away my number two. Because it was General Conference. <laughs> I totally forgot when we were talking about it. What? So, so I will just say, okay, so rewind to when I was a Mormon. I used to, this is sort of my last few years in conference. <clears throat> I loved watching conference and being on Twitter at the same time. So I would like, I would have, I would use this app called TweetDeck, I think it was called, where I could have like multiple Twitter streams going at once. So Ooh. I could see like hashtags and I would be replying and I just loved it. I loved like the community and the connection and whatever. So I followed a ton of people, and this is on a Twitter account that doesn't exist anymore, that were Mormon. So even after I left the church and wasn't actively watching conference, I would still see a lot of talk about it online. Anyway, and every year... Every conference, I guess, so semi-annually, it would make me cry because <laughs> I, they would they would say something that would hurt me or offend me. And every year I would say, I'm not going to let it get to me this time. I, they don't have the power to hurt me, oh blah, blah, blah. And then they would always hurt me. And then I would, in my hurt, I would lash out at my <clears> family, like on our family group thread. And then that would always turn into a lot of drama. And then right. I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to text the family group thread this year about this, blah, blah, blah. And then I would. And anyway, it was just always a lot of drama. And like you said, this is the first conference where, like, I just have not... Like, I didn't even really realize it was happening. You know, like, I think before I would, like, 
Like, I think even on the last conference, isn't that when we did our, like, conference episodes? where we I were, think so. Yeah, because it was like we knew it was coming and we were preparing <clears throat> and we were... And now I just think, like, I didn't even really know it was happening until, like, the day before. <clears throat> and then and then didn't think about it at all yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then didn't really think about it at all today. And I've, I've blocked all the right words, so nothing comes up on my Twitter right, feed. Right. I was going to say when we were talking about it earlier, this is just a funny side note. So I've said before that I have like a porn Twitter, which is just where I follow ah. all the porn accounts, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and occasionally post things, but not very often. But anyway, um, and, and you know, when you're on Twitter, it'll suggest other accounts for you to follow. And so normally it's suggesting other kind of porny accounts it's like, oh, you might want to follow this. Yeah. Lately, it's been suggesting all the general authorities' accounts, and I don't know why. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why. It makes me laugh really hard. Anyway, right. So, conference used to make me cry, and it it has no power over it me used anymore. To make you feel like shit. Yeah, and and like I said, I will. I guarantee that if at the next conference, like they go on the tack against the LGBTQ community, then they will probably make me cry again. Like I don't think I'm that <laughs> far out of it. I don't know if I'll ever be that far out of it. Wow. But just because I know, like, I don't, I don't think they can hurt me, but I know they're hurting other kids. Yeah. Like, I know how many queer kids are in the church who are listening, who are being hurt by that. Yes. And so that's the part that always gets me riled up. Yeah. Is I just think, just shut your mouth and you would, like, save lives. Yes. Because when you give these talks, kids kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just stop the fuck talking. Right. So anyway. Right. Yes. Fuck. All right, that's all. That's one and two. Let's take a break. Mary, let me hold her baby <laughs> so soft and warm. You guys, the whole the whole album. Do the whole album. Did you know that Mary's baby was the only soft and warm baby that ever lived? I know. Yeah. All the other babies are cold and hard. Yeah. Mary, let me... When, <clears throat> so cold and hard. Oh, that's kind of depressing. Yeah. Because that's a dead baby. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... <coughs> Sister Twain's taking a brief break because I made her laugh. And so now she... Um, now she can't talk, but we um, we just were talking about celebrity encounters, like when Sister Twain ran into Michael McLean at her job, and and when he said his name, he said Michael McLean, like kind of like you know, you know me, yeah, Michael McLean, yeah. Um. All right, I got a depressing number three. What's your number three? My number three is it was probably like oh mm, six. Okay. You love the time. I love it. I love it. Your stories are always a journey back in time. Um, <clears throat> I was married to my gay ex husband Gary. Right. We were living living in Cedar City. Right. And we had been there for a couple of years, and we had like made our like core friends. So we had our yeah. core friend group. Yeah. And <clears throat> when you're in a miserable marriage, and you both have the same friends and like the same friends it really prolongs things it really helps oh okay yeah and also these friends were super funny and theater people and we hung out with them an inordinate amount of time anyway one night we were all at uh applebee's and (laughs) fine dining in cedar city and i was in such a good mood 
to be with my friends, to help me forget that I was married to a gay guy, even right. though he was there. You were going to drink so many Diet Cokes that <clears throat> so night. Many, I was going to drink a lot of Diet Coke and probably eat a steak. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. And I was on fire. Mm-hmm. And I had a quip for everything. And I was I making everyone laugh. Right, right. Every, to the point where it was like... <clears throat> I would say something, and then someone at the end of the table would go, oh my gosh, did you hear what she just said? Love that. And Love those laughing and laughing. Like, I was a comedy queen. Right. You were owning the crowd. Oh, fucking hell. And uh, I was doing it with the, the server, too. Oh, good. I was going to town. Right. I was saying things... I don't know if you know this, but I say things for shock value sometimes. Right, right. And even when you were a good Mormon wife. Oh yeah. Because yeah, even when My I knew you at BYU, was this. yeah, yeah, oh. it was still the same. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more reserved. Maybe. A little, but. Maybe. And. <clears throat> like I, less talk about threesomes. Right. Probably. You haven't had any. Probably. Um. <clears throat> and so I say something that's really off the wall. For shock value to the server. Uh-huh. And everyone at the table, including my gay ex-husband Gary, went, Ashley. It was too much. And I was like, what? Thinking, have you guys not been spending the last hour with me? Mm-hmm. Like, this is where we're going. <clears throat> and that night, I went home and cried. <laughs> This is the most depressing episode. <laughs> I mean, I guess I should have figured that out. Because of the topic. Because it's about things that make us cry. Yeah. Oh. Because you were embarrassed? I was embarrassed. I was like thinking, at first I was thinking this whole night with me being so funny and at the top of my game, like this is where I feel valued. Yeah. Tell me that I'm funny and that I make you laugh above any other compliment. True. Right? Same. Just like Chandler on Friends. And Except he's not funny. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Today I saw a tweet where someone uh, said, I got a tattoo of all the funny <clears throat> moments on Friends and it was just their blank arm wrapped in Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I don't feel that way. I thought I know, Friends I know. was very funny. Anyway. anyway, back to the thing. And I was just feeling on top of my game and feeling, and I'm, I've got four little kids and I'm raising them by myself because my gigs has been Gary would work and direct shows at and night. And think about boys. And think about boys. And <clears throat> all of a sudden, somehow, even though I was just in the flow and the, whatever the thing that I said was just the logical next thing to say. Right. Everyone shut down. Ugh. And so that night, I remember getting home and asking Gary if, if we could talk. And I always had to ask because he always had the TV on. That's how he shut down. <clears throat> Which meant he had to pause or mute or whatever. And that was always, a, he always kind of got like a annoyed look on his oh, face. Yeah, yeah, we can talk. Yeah. And I shared with him <clears throat> how that affected me. And I just started to cry uncontrollably. And he was really sweet and he held space for me. I don't know that he said the best things. He said something like, well, you kind of need to think about the things that you say. You know, <laughs> like, great, just confirming the pain. Right. Affirming it. Um, but also, <clears throat> don't, 
don't you think that was part of his part role as the Mormon patriarch of the family? For sure. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. he had to be the one <clears throat> to sort of, like, call you to repentance. Yes. You know, in a way. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, and I just remember, uh, I didn't get over that for several weeks. Yeah. And it's not that they said, Ashley, it was what that triggered within me, which is another episode. Thanks. <sighs> Mary, let me hold her baby. <laughs> whores in this house <laughs> that's a different album yeah not that's not part of forgotten carols that's the yellow andy williams Christmas wouldn't that album. be great if on the forgotten carols one of the songs was about whores and it started with there are whores in this house <laughs> anyway because this because the forgotten carols you guys if you don't know yeah. it's about all the forgotten characters from the christmas story like the, like the innkeeper the the homeless people uh-huh. the, whores, the whores the whores so there is that beautiful <clears throat> michael mcclain song there's some whores in this house <laughs> Anyway, my number three is really depressing, and now I kind of wish I didn't write it down, but what am I going to do? i got to talk about it, because I wrote it down. Talk about it, and I'll make fun of you, and then it'll be funny. That'll be, <laughs> that'll <laughs> feel good. So my number three thing that makes me cry is my body. Bodies. 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 Let's do this. So here we go. So I am recently discovering the trauma I have around my body. <clears throat> oh. Oh, that's good. It is good. Like, it's something that I never have, that I have not thought about until the last six months to a year, maybe, that I've started thinking about this. Okay. Probably more a year. It's like, when I say six months to a year, I mean six months before the pandemic started, because everything from oh. March to September feels like one week, right. in a way. Right, right. One week, a also a thousand years. It's yeah, anyway. Because I'll be like, oh yeah, that happened about six months <clears throat> ago, and I'll be like, no, six months ago is when the pandemic started. Right. Anyway. Bye. I've never been someone that's had a lot of body issues, or like yo-yo dieting or anything like that but I've also never been someone I'm not the kind of person that enjoys physical activity like I don't like playing sports and I don't like working out and you know and there are some people that genuinely love to like <clears throat> play basketball with their friends on the weekend or whatever right um and so yeah. I've never had I don't like hiking like you hike at least you know uh-huh. I, I don't that. have any physical activity <clears throat> that I like doing so so I've never like all I've so I've never kind of yo-yo dieted, but I've also never just been like happy or satisfied with the way my body looks because it's I've never been like very active or taking good care of it. Anyway, so recently I've been reevaluating my relationship with food because I, again, not have not been a binge dieter in any sense of the word, but I've had a lot of thoughts throughout my whole life about like good foods versus <clears throat> bad foods and like healthy foods versus unhealthy foods and I've paid a lot of attention to calories and anytime that I have like lost a lot of weight it's been through doing something like Weight Watchers or like calorie counting like some sort of restrictive counting right so which has actually been really good to kind of learn to like now I've been learning about like how those things don't really work and how they don't really matter I'm reading a great book called The Fuck It Diet or there's there's lots of books about this about intuitive eating and you know whatever yeah um But what I'm realizing, what I've now started realizing is I don't, and I feel a lot of stress and anxiety and sadness about this. Like, I don't know how to take care of my body. Like, I, I don't, like, I want to eat the foods. I mean, this is like not revelatory to anybody, but I want to eat foods that are bad for me. And I don't want to eat foods that are good for me. And I know that we're not supposed to say foods that are bad for us and good for us. I know that. But... Like I don't, I don't eat a lot of like fruits and vegetables and I don't eat a, I don't eat a wide variety of things. Like I eat, you know, pretty shitty sometimes and I drink too much and I don't get enough sleep 
and I'm 43 and it's starting like it's starting to catch up with me, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel really it just feels like one more problem in my life that I don't know how to fix or address. And it feels really stressful and overwhelming instead of like it doesn't feel like, OK, I'm learning these things. And so I'm going to I can do better and blah, blah, blah. It just it feels like one more thing that I'm like stressed and overwhelmed mm-hmm. and anxious about. Like every morning when I wake up, I th- I think about like <clears throat> if I'm gonna have a heart attack that day. Like I have all these like oh, crazy, yeah. Jesus. I have a lot of crazy thoughts. So anyway, and I'm not like I mean, I mean I don't know. I do like luckily I work in a pretty active job, so I move around a lot throughout the day. So it's not like I'm sitting at a desk for twelve hours a day. Like I move around a lot, but I you know anyway. I just I just feel a lot of stress about it. And I just kind of don't know what to do with all that stress. And so it kind of stresses me out. (laughs) And I think it all, I think all of this body stuff ties into, you know, my fears about like sex and sexuality, because obviously I don't feel super like comfortable with my body or I don't, I don't think that other people could find my body attractive, you know, so it's all tied together with all the other drama. Yeah. So anyway, I totally get it. Um, when was the last time you actually cried about that? I mean, I don't cry very often, really, truthfully. So, but, so I don't know that I've recently, like, actually shed tears, but I've had a lot of days of sort of, like, manic, stressed out thought about, I've got to get this under control, but I don't even know what under control means, and I need to be doing more of this, and and why can't I find something that, you know, why can't I find an exercise thing that works for me, and, you know, blah, 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 and I should drink less, and I need to not order barbecue like I did last night. It was mm-hmm. really good though, you guys. But anyway. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Bodies. 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 I just want to say. Uh-huh. And it's all relative, right? Yeah. So I don't have your body. Right. And I'm not inside your head or your feelings. Right. But I 1000% relate. Yeah. To hating your body so much. Yeah. Um, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I think everybody does to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Does everybody? I mean, I, even at, when I'm at my thinnest, Mm -hmm. and I know we're not supposed to use words like that anymore, and I'm I'm really, uh, you know, I know people roll their eyes when when you say, oh, I'm not supposed to say that kind of thing anymore, but this is something I'm really making a conscious effort about. Me too. Because it's so damaging. But when I'm at my thinnest. Right. Okay. Where the norms of the world say that you're at your most beautiful. Right. Right. I still see myself in pictures and go, oh my God, that's an atrocity. It's so crazy. And we're talking 5'10 and I'm 145 pounds. That's my thinnest. Right. Right. Um, But anyway. Yeah. It's all just garbage. It's garbage. That's what's so hard about it is I don't know. I just feel like. I feel like as I've been doing some sort of, I mean, I haven't been going to therapy or, you know, actually being healthy, but I've been doing some kind of mental work in my head. Like suddenly I like uncovered this thing that I didn't even know was a problem. Yes. (laughs) You know, like I didn't, it's not something I would have said in the past, like, oh no, I'm totally fine. Like whatever. Like I'm not, I don't have a great body. I don't really care. Like I would have downplayed it. And now as I dig deeper, like I'm seeing more of like, the shame and like and the and the control issues around food and how I feel about you know my body in terms of like sexuality or attractiveness or you know what I mean like all this stuff is like all these roots are interconnected and I'm just like well fuck there's a whole other thing I gotta figure out yeah 
I'm tired of figuring out things or ignoring things and not figuring them sure, out. Which is what I'm sure, 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 doing. sure, sure, sure. Anyway, do you want to do the next one or take a break? I I want to take a break, but I just also want to I just want to cap it off with one more thing. Yes. And this is uh, therapist Ashley or Twaint. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. I know. Um, <clears throat> I think you and I'm and I know you hate it when people say this kind of thing to you. I know you hate it. You abhor it. Okay. So excited. But I'm not saying it as a salve. I'm saying this because it's real. Right. Give yourself a huge amount of credit for whatever awareness is happening within you. Yeah. And try to practice a new self-talk. When you start to have the anxiety thoughts and feelings about, well, that's just one more fucking thing. And I don't know. I, I don't know what exercise I even like to do. Et yeah. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just have some new self-talk. About, it doesn't, none of that matters. The fact that I am in this new awareness is what matters. And then go on with your day. Okay. I will try that. That was my unsolicited advice. No, actually, I never I do appreciate that. Unsolic- you never do. <laughs> I appreciate your unsolicited okay. advice. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. I love you. I love you too. Oh, I hit record. Oh, shit. I when know. I, said, I know. I know. Did you? Oh, I should have been singing another Forgotten Carol. And for love's sake. That's not one. Okay. I don't remember what the innkeeper sings. I can't get the song in my head. I'm sure as soon as I heard one line, I would know it. But anyway. <laughs> the innkeeper sings, we don't have any room. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. It almost, it almost came totally in. We're totally full. Ha! Um, Okay. <laughs> So, right. welcome back to this depressing episode where we talk about things that make it's, us cry. You know what? It's a hu- it's human. It's human I think emotions. I, <laughs> we all feel sadness. <laughs> but there's something so bad. I'm start choking. You guys, the air quality's been so it's bad here. It's real bad here. Yeah. <clears throat> Last night and the night before, I couldn't fall asleep because I had to work to breathe. And if I fell asleep, I'd stop breathing. We were, we've been... <laughs> We te- we've had so many days this week where we've planned on recording because we're like, let's just record early. We'll have it ready. We'll it It'll just done. publish something. Here no. we are. And and there were and then and a couple of the times we couldn't record because you were like, I can't. Talk. I can't even. So this breathe. all this coughing you're hearing, this is the best possible this scenario. The, yeah, this is as good as it gets. The best of all possible worlds. Um, <clears throat> are we doing our number four? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> What do you think we're doing? Is this a podcast? Is this we're doing women's work again? <clears throat> we're doing our review of the Forgotten Girls. Do you remember Carols. that one time a few episodes ago when I was like, "Are you talking to me?" <laughs> and our friend, the great horror who sits upon the uh-huh. waters, was like, "I died." <laughs> I think about that like, maybe once a week that we made that we gave her that gift. I'm so glad. So anyway, I'm so glad. <clears throat> number four is. It was 1998. <laughs> That's so weird that you said that. Because I was going to talk about Lil Twain, and she was born in 98. Oh, damn it. My first child. I know. Well, I was a deer in fucking headlights. You were a tiny baby yourself. I was. Yeah. Anyway. I was a Mormon missionary. Fuck off. So, Lil Twain. Um, uh, to keep a, a long story short, because it's, it's a long, involved story, but we currently have such a beautiful, lovely connection and relationship she's at all and i really feel that with all my children right it's just each one is a different flavor yeah, different yeah, yeah. color yeah. <clears throat> and um she 
is my adult child that lives in Salt Lake City. Right. My other adult child lives, lives out of the country. In New York. Out of the state, not out of the country. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, and so she not only, number one, if she has a thought that she needs to share with me, she hits FaceTime, not text. Okay. <laughs> Every time. It's a FaceTime. So, and I know that it's like one of those things like this meeting could have been an email. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's just what she does, whatever, for whatever reason. And <clears throat> um, there have been three or four times during the pandemic uh-huh. that she has FaceTimed me. And she's, I don't know, I would just kind of spill something that was going on with me emotionally and start to cry. And it would be the first time that I'd cried about the thing uh-huh. that I would mention. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and none of these things really had to do with the pandemic. It was just happened to be during the pandemic when everything is so heightened and raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... My number four is there's something about my connection with sweet little Twain. Yeah. That makes me like feel safe to kind of say like, oh my God, I'm going to have sex with someone who voted for Trump. And then I sob. (laughs) I fucking sob. Yeah. And she holds the most amazing energy for it. That's awesome. And it happened just like three days ago. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't had my Zola for three days. Oh, that's not good. Because what happens is even though you've been on a certain medication for 20 years, the doctors like to see you once a year or they won't refill it. Yeah. And whatever. <clears throat> I hadn't had it for three days and I never keep up with it. I'm never on top of it. Yeah. I always have three days or four days every year where I don't have my Zola. <laughs> but... I set a reminder. Oh, no, I didn't. I meant to set a reminder in my calendar because I do the same thing. Like, right. suddenly you're like, oh, I have two pills left. Right. And, I and have then to the make doctor can see you for two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Oh, my God. And a friend of mine was like, set a reminder on your <laughs> phone. I was like, what a great idea. <laughs> Haven't done that. Have not done that. So, anyway, she FaceTimed me a few days ago. I hadn't had my Zola left in three days. Um, I was stressed out because Jack was does this thing where at the last minute he'll be like, oh, by the way, I need you to do A, B, C, and D. You know, right. he's one of those kids who just thinks that I, he can give me a laundry list of things that I need to do and I will just do them. Right. <clears throat> um, and then, uh, and, uh, and so I was just really in, in my stress brain. And I would not have cried if, if Lil Twain hadn't FaceTimed me. And I'm not saying she shouldn't have FaceTimed me. Right, right. It's just it's just something so sweet about it. And she creates a safe space where you she can cry. Absolutely does. So yeah, so it's yeah, she didn't make you cry, but she created right. she holds a space where you can and, cry. And allows and a re-release, because crying's just a release. Yeah. The end. That's yeah. what crying is. It's a release. And so when she so I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm going to start crying. And I don't remember really what it was about this last time, you know, the three days ago one. And she, she was just like on the face. And she's just like, it's okay. It's She's okay, mom. Best. It's She's okay, an mom. Amazing girl. And then 
I was like fine and I'm like oh okay I I, I stopped crying I want to ask you about this thing that I bought at Ulta because my daughter shop at Ulta like it's going out of business <clears throat> and then I realized I got the right thing and I start the wrong thing and I start crying again and she's going mom it's okay again just it's okay it's okay <laughs> she's just in the tiniest little body right because she's such a tiny little girl compared to all my kids uh has just all the room in the world for me right now and it's so gracious um and I'm gonna start crying right now because uh I have really struggled to have hold space for my children as a mother yeah you know anyway what's your what's yours that was so sweet I I love little twink and I love her boyfriend I know and they're obsessed with you well which you hate a little bit (laughs) I get really uncomfortable when people like me um, because of your own self-hatred. Yes, anyway. yes. So my number four is the finale of Ted Lasso. <laughs> okay, you've been tweeting about this and I don't oh even know what it is. Oh my God, okay. <clears throat> and Philip Seymour Hoffman has been responding to your tweets. So Ted La- yeah, they watch it at the Hoffman House. Um, <laughs> at the Hoffman House. Ted Lasso is yeah. a show on Apple TV+. Plus. Most people don't even know that Apple TV+, Plus is a thing. It's like a channel. It's like I, Netflix. I do only because I know you. Right. There are some great shows on Apple TV+. Plus. I am a big fan of many of them. I could do a whole episode about Apple TV+, Plus, but how boring would that be? Uh, but oh, There are listeners out there who are like, give me the episode. If you want that episode, listeners, send it in, and we'll do a whole... I'll go through every show, because I think I've watched every show on that platform. Um, Ted Lasso is a show that started... A, came out a few months ago... But has now, you know, it's 10 episodes have played or whatever. Um, it's called, it's about a football coach from the U.S., from like oh. Texas or something, who gets hired to be, to coach a soccer team in the U.K., in um, England. <clears throat> and the coach is played oh. by Jason Sudeikis. Oh my God, I can't stand him. Really? Yeah. Why? I oh, you'd hate this show. There's something about his face. He's so hot, though. I don't think so. Okay. But I, I don't anyway, need to be sexually attracted no, to him it's fine. to appreciate the show. So, so anyway, it's about this coach that comes out and kind of doesn't really know anything about football slash soccer, you know, English football. Um, and it is like, it's 10 episodes. They're all about 30 minutes long. It is so cheesy and so feel good and so... It just like was a balm for my soul in Aww. this in this time of trouble, you know, in yeah. this dark, dark times. Of, it's a very dark time. It's a bit of rough year. Unless you're so, a white Republican man, right? So I and it, and if you're a white Republican man, you have COVID right now. So it's not. <laughs> so it's even it's not great for you. So <coughs> I <coughs> have been watching the show, thoroughly enjoying it. It's just so sweet and so charming and so lovely. And then the finale. I watched a couple nights ago and I like openly wept. Like I was like sitting on my sofa, like tears streaming down my face, crying and like cheering. And oh, I guess I need to watch this. It was so magical. I mean, if you don't like him, I think it would be hard to like because he's also like kind of. I mean, he's not annoying, but he's definitely this sort of like cheery, feel good, like southern guy. Just watch it for the story, though. It's so lovely. Okay. It also has some very attractive men in it because it's about a soccer team. Well, so well, well. there's some very attractive men on that soccer team. <laughs> but there's a but the whole story the whole show is kind of about like self actualization and friendship and 
um, believing in yourself and believing in your team. And anyway, it's so lovely. And it just was like, I just feel like sometimes when I start to watch depressing shows, I'm just like, oh, fuck, no, I can't do this. Like today I started to watch that Netflix documentary about like social media called like The Social Dilemma. Oh, yeah. I watched like, well, I watched like five minutes and I was like, oh, fuck, no. Like I don't, I'm like, I don't. I don't need to watch a show to make me feel more shitty about how much time my kids spend on their phone and how much time I spend on my phone. Right. You know what I mean? I I will probably watch it someday. Maybe I'll watch it in 2021 if things start improving. Right. But I was like, I don't need that energy right now. Exactly. Like, I don't need one more thing to be stressed you, out about. You don't. Yeah. And one day, the message of it, or you'll have space for to watch it, but right now you don't, and that's good to Yeah, you. and so I started you. watching it, and I was like, oh, <clears> fuck <throat> this. And so then I watched a show on HBO Max about pottery. So, you know, uh-huh. that's more where my energy is Ted Lasso the great great British baking show that's where I need to be but anyway that's where I yes the season and I recently purchased labyrinth because I realized my kids have never seen it like that's the energy I need oh I need labyrinth I need David Bowie with that big big dance belt on I'm sorry with just a big padded cup Uh uh-huh that's what I need. Uh, and big, giant Tina Turner hair. Oh, I God. think that you were on a road to healing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the reason the reason that I purchased Labyrinth is because I was working on my Halloween mix for the Patreon, for the patrons. Right. And one of the songs on it is You Remind Me of the Babe from... What Babe? babe yeah, from, yeah, from Labyrinth. Yeah. And my daughter was like, what's this song? And I said, oh, it's from this movie called Labyrinth. <clears throat> and then I started telling her about it. And I was like, how have we not watched Labyrinth? Really quick. Have your yeah. kids watched Beetlejuice? No, they, that's a good one. Make it fucking happen. Okay. Have they seen the burbs? No. Here's, here's the thing. Anytime I try to watch a movie with my kids, <clears throat> they hate it. Well, there's, I know. Kids are such assholes. Forget it. Let's go on to number five. Do you remember that movie called The Others with Nicole Kidman? Oh, yeah. That I shat my pants while watching because it was so terrifying well a couple of years ago so my son a couple years ago went through this kick where he wanted to watch horror movies but at the time he was like 13 or 14 and so it was really hard to find horror movies that i felt like were okay for a 13 year old to watch that didn't weren't too graphic or didn't have sex or you know like he was still like a little kid so I was like, oh, we should watch the others because it's creepy and it's, you know, it's um, atmospheric and yes. like, but like there's no like Love sex or blood kid. or guts. Anyway, my kids thought that was the dumbest, most oh, boring movie ever God. made. They could not believe that I had ever thought it was scary. Oh my God. And I was like, when I saw this in the theater, I was like crawling out of my skin. I was pissing down my leg. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston is in it. Oh my God, he was in the leftovers. And he do you was remember the part? Oh yeah, a he's doctor. Great. Remember the part <clears throat> where the three people who are dead are walking towards the house. Anyway, I still think about a little that. Bit. I was terrified, terrified. Anyway, my kids were like, "This is stupid." Oh my God. So anyway, so I'm sure when I show them Labyrinth, they'll be like, "Can I leave? I'm kind of bored." <laughs> and I'll be and I'll be like doing like pirouettes in the middle of the room to yeah. all the dance numbers. <laughs> all right, what's your number five? Oh fucking hell. <clears throat> Numero cinq, patriotism. <laughs> Amen. 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 I used to go to Stadium of Fire. Sure. Which is a Provo Institution. celebration. Everybody in the turn. Stadium of BYU. And watch the fire burn. <clears throat> you higher watch. and higher. Higher and higher. Stadium of Fire. There's and a lot the of pyrotechnics. Minor keys. Yeah. 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 The first year I went, Huey Lewis and the News were the guests. Oh, I saw the Beach Boys there. That's too bad. I went so many times. My friend's dad used to, he was the art director 
So we would go and we would sit like on the grass, like next to the Beach Boys. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Everybody turn on, watch that fire burn. (laughs) Do you remember the year they lit off a million firecrackers and it was like a nuclear bomb and it like was terrible? Anyway. So anyway, Stadium of Fire is just one example, but I've also done other patriotic things that are designed to manipulate you. And it's, it's not, I, I mean, I could say borderline nationalism. Yeah. But it's nationalism. But and when you live in Provo, mm. which you did for years when yeah. you went to BYU, yeah. like Provo is a very patriotic town. Right. And they make a big deal out of the fourth of July and a bigger deal out of the twenty fourth of July, which uh-huh. is Pioneer Day. Yes. And Or as the ex Mormons now call it, Pie, pie and Beer and Day. Beer and day. we drink pie and eat beers. Right. Wait, we drink beers. We drink and beers eat. and eat pie. pie. Yeah. Yeah. Um but Patriotic things would make me cry all the time, and I know that's because of what my father instilled in me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your, your thoughts become thought patterns, and this was a thought pattern of my father's, and those thought patterns become core beliefs, which is, we are in the greatest nation that this world right. has ever seen. Where at least I know I'm free. And the promised land is here. Yeah. This is where God and Jesus meant right. all his right. people to come for for what what do they what what did Moses say? Milk and honey. The the overflowing with milk and honey or something like that and bread. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> um there is this thing called Stone Mountain in in Atlanta, Georgia or outside of Atlanta, Georgia where they you go to this park next to Stone Mountain and they project onto the mountain. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And you hear Lee Greenwood in the background right. singing this. Right. Lee Greenwood, the official <laughs> White Trash National Anthem. Proud to be an American. Yeah. Right. Where at least I know I'm free. Because no other country has that. Right. You guys, no other country knows they're free. Not a single other country. Exactly. So thank God we're in America. And it's not like they're talking about only white men. Right. Not right. at all. Not at all. Um, <clears throat> People in England, they're not free. People in Canada, not free. They don't get it. They think they are. But, fuck, <laughs> but they're not. But no, fucking Wait, hell. I don't know why. Any, I don't, anyway. People in Sweden, where they just raised the minimum wage to $25 an hour, they're not free. Slavery. They are not free. They're slaves. Lee Greenwood would not proudly stand <laughs> up next to them. Anyway. Ah! So, but one of the times that stands out in my mind, although there are numerous, where patriotic things make me cry, mm-hmm. like when I'm watching a parade and the veterans from World War II that are still alive, like come by in their wheelchairs, sob like a baby. What I'm talking about is the first time I went to Stadium Fire, maybe the second time, um, my brother was visiting. Uh Uh-huh. He brought his forearms. He would would have been 15 at the time. He's now 37. Okay, gross. He was 15 at the time. I had just given birth to Lil Twaint. And... The uh, Blue Angels, is that what they're called? The, uh-huh. the, the, yeah. I think so. They flew over right. during the patriotic mu- music, going right. on, booming on all speakers. Right. And I grabbed my brother's hand and just cried. <laughs> I love it. And then after about five seconds, he like pulled his hand away from me. Because he was a 15-year-old boy. He was like, oh. He was like, this is gross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, I used to actually say in my prayers when I was a teenager... 
Thank you so much for letting me be born in America. Oh, I'll proudly stand up. <laughs> and isn't it funny now? I can't imagine why. That if you see an American flag, uh, it feels like a hate symbol yes. at this point. Yes! Like I was sitting on my balcony today having a, having a, having a drink and, and there I have a pot out there, just a big white plastic pot that my majestic palm is planted in. <laughs> And on the side, on the inner, on the inside of it is a sticker that says made in the USA with an American flag. And I like want to peel that fucking sticker <laughs> off because it makes me angry. <laughs> it's like triggering. <clears throat> so good job, Republican Party. Yeah. Like you're like, you want to be like the, the party of like nationalism. <clears throat> and now like, I think like I would never get like a license plate with an American flag on it. Oh my That's God. That's for racists. I do, the old Navy shirts. During the for racists I used to be all about it but now I can't stomach it did you mute my mic when I sneezed just now I'll, I'll edit it out okay later. great I'll be up till 2.30 in the morning okay so my number five just to really take us out on a downer <laughs> so my friend died this year oh, fuck. and I miss him a lot <laughs> and I and what I miss is and I know this is a totally selfish answer because this doesn't mean anything to anybody unless you knew him. He was such a great storyteller. Mm. And kind of, do you know the musical Big Fish or did you ever see the movie Big Fish? Yeah. He was the dad from Big Fish, really. Like he told stories <clears throat> that like now in, now that he's gone and now that I look back on those stories, I realize that some of those stories probably weren't totally true, mm -hmm. but they were true to him. <laughs> Kind of, or something. And I realize more and more that, like, yeah, that he, I don't know, but he was this amazing storyteller. And I just like, we would, we would laugh so much when we were together. And yeah. we were just like that story you told where you're like riffing off the, off the waitress and you're, you're like killing it. Uh, like, that was me yeah. and him. Like, we right. would get together and we would laugh until we cried because right. we would just like <clears throat> one up each other. Yep. And yep. that hasn't happened for a long time because obviously towards the end of his life, he wasn't able to speak. And right. so there wasn't that kind of, you know, kind of witty back and forth. But I just think I, th I have cried way more about him than I thought I would, you know, mm -hmm. cause I've lost, I've lost important people. I lost my dad a few years ago and that was really hard. And I cried a lot about that, but I have cried more about my friend dying yeah. than I ever did about my dad. And right. it's not cause I didn't love my dad. My dad and I had a great relationship. But it's I just less complicated. It's, it's more straightforward. Yeah, it, it's, You're, you know what you've lost yeah. with the friend. Yeah. So anyway, so I cry about that one frequently Yeah. cause I just miss him and I just miss telling stories with him. And I was hanging out with his wife the other day and she said, <clears throat> do you, cause she knows I'm not, obviously she knows I'm not Mormon anymore. And she said, do you believe like in the afterlife? Like, do you believe you'll see him again? And I don't really know what I believe, but I do believe that I'll see him again in some form. I don't know what that will mean or what, you know, something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think more than that I believe that, I just really hope that, you know. I kind of hate the idea that, like, I'll just never be around him or his energy or his spirit again. Right. Like, do I think he's, like, in a white robe, like walking around the clouds doing like baptismal work for the Mormons. No, I don't think that at all. But like, I want my energy to be around his energy again. And I miss him. And I've cried a lot about that. Yeah. And that's our show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have anything you wanted to say? Oh, um, that 
just that that reminded me of of the other reason I was crying when I talked to Lil Twain because another friend of ours had passed, someone that you weren't necessarily uh oh yeah, yeah close yeah. to, but he was part of my inner circle right as was your friend my my college inner circle uh as was your friend <clears throat> a lot of people have died my father my yes. former mother in law my former sister in law the two of your good friends the friend two of my good like inner circle friends. Yeah. And it's um, a lot. And there's this thing. Also, your hopes and dreams have died. Like, you know, and I don't mean that flippantly. Like, no. I mean, like, this year has been so hard yes. for so many reasons. Yes. And then to just have lost so many people. Five important people. You're just like. In one year yeah. is enough without a pandemic and yeah. all, all the political bullshit that we've been enduring in. Um, <clears throat> but uh, there's this weird thing about like. When you have experienced an absurd amount of deaths in mm-hmm. one year of people close to you, where you're like, I can't tell everyone that a fifth person that I love died because then yeah. they'll be like, I am, I'm so bored with her. Yeah. But like. It's a lot. I'm repressing a lot of shit yeah. right now. I have another f- good friend who has also lost like five people this year, um, including like. A friend, I mean, I don't want to get into anyone's personal details, but she lost a friend of hers who was a mother at the beginning of the pandemic. They didn't have a funeral for the mother because right. it was the pandemic. <clears throat> and right. they were like, oh, we'll have a memorial service. And then recently that woman's two-year-old child died. Uh, and so they did have a memorial for the two of them. Anyway, just has lost a lot of people. She also this year lost one of her cats. Her cat had kidney disease and died. And she was at the vet... Or I, I can't remember exactly where she was. She was the vet or something and kind of, you know, because she knew, like, her cat was sick for a while. And so she knew that this cat was going to die. And the they were just making some arrangements or something. And then she said she just completely lost it. I just would. broke apart. I would. And, was, and she just was kind of like, I'm, she was like, I just wanted her to understand, like, this vet tech that, like, yes, I was crying for my cat because I love my cat. But it was like all the grief of these other because she was also friends with my friend who died so like so this and the you know just so like she has had five or six people also die this year and she was like all of that grief just came out on this vet tech right about my cat yeah and she was like i just wanted her to know that i wasn't like insane but (laughs) but it's a lot so let's end this episode on a note of like let's talk about porn really quick okay no here's what i do want to (laughs) say okay So when I, one thing that, I don't remember where this came from. I think my ex had taken our daughter to the doctor because my youngest daughter has a lot of anxiety. And and the doctor sort of framed that anxiety as like big emotions. And so when, so we talked to my daughter a lot about big emotions. Like, are you feeling big emotions today? And I really like that because I think like when I grew up and my mom still feels very much this way, the idea of like, sadness or anger being like okay emotions like my mom still is like why would you ever be sad why would you ever be angry (laughs) if you're sad you need to shut that down if you're angry you need to shut that down yeah you know and so and so with my daughter we've tried to reframe that as just these are just big emotions you're just feeling big feelings Mm -hmm. and it's not like oh do you feel sad today like that's a bad thing and you should change that because it's like sometimes you just need to feel sad you know so anyway so i just wanted to just kind of for me, and on that note of, like, I grew up in a world where sadness was viewed as, like, a shortcoming or as, like, 
a drawing away from God or as a sin or as, you know, when you were sad, it was because you had done something wrong. Right. What's wrong with your testimony? Right. If if your testimony was intact, you would just feel joy. And so I just want to give a shout out to all the people who have felt sad and angry and whatever this year, because it's been a real sad and angry year. It has. And those emotions are valid and are okay to feel. All valid. And if you've been through personal shit on top of the pandemic... And you feel like you're being extra this year. You're not. Yeah. It's all fine. <clears throat> yeah. Feel what you got to feel. Please do. Anyway. Be so a, that was a, that was a fun episode. Be a human being. Yeah. Fuck that. I mean, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Have a great night. So patreon.com slash hot drinks. Hot drinks for the belly at gmail.com if you want to know Sister Twain's OnlyFans. Uh-huh. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to post that video of the Mormon lady crying about coffee. I already did. Oh, yeah. She's already in, posted it. In our it. profile. In our profile. So go click on the link <clears> about the... About the... Crying about Mary. And laugh real hard. Laugh real hard. And remember when you felt those things too. And then tomorrow, just have a big, big hot cup of coffee. And then when you finish it, just jerk off to some porn. Yeah. Or to that video of the lady crying. Oh, that could be fun. Anyway, that's all. Goodbye.